Today, I want to share one of our most popular daily emails this year. It's something that sparked a lot of engagement and responses and conversations. And I thought it would be a really fun one to share here and also expand upon certain parts of it that I couldn't really do on the email. And if you know our mini-sodes, they are usually just short little bite-sized pieces of information or inspirations or insights that I don't really feel need to be a full-length solo episode. And so I put them here just to add a little bit more to your day and add more for us to connect on because it can be literally about anything. And if you like these mini-sodes, you will definitely like our daily emails. They're just as short and insightful and quick, and they can be your daily dose of inspiration and insight. And I share spiritual quotes from books and just thoughts. And we have so many amazing people in the community. I give you book recommendations. So make sure you sign up if you haven't yet. The link for that will be in the show notes. All right. So here is the email. How funny our cute little egos are trying to feel like it has everything under control, enough control so that we feel confident in controlling others, telling them what they're doing wrong so they can change. We're woke, enlightened people, right? We know how to save the world. I think you know where this is headed. In a return to love, Marianne Williamson says, God doesn't need us to police the universe. Shaking your finger at someone doesn't help them change. If anything, our perception of someone's guilt only keeps them stuck in it. When we are shaking a finger at someone, figuratively or literally, we are not more apt to correct their wrongful behavior. End quote. You don't say. <laughs> Policing the universe feels amazing to the ego. It keeps the focus off ourselves and our own fears and makes someone else focus on theirs. Marianne Williamson continues to say, Treating someone with compassion and forgiveness is much more likely to elicit a healed response, H-E-A-L-E-A-D, healed response. People are less likely to be defensive and more likely to be open to correction. Most of us are aware on some level when we're off. We'd be doing things differently if we knew how. Forgiveness forges a new context, one in which someone can more easily change, end quote. I want to pull a little bit from this quote. So in the previous one, she talks about how shaking her finger or judging or making someone feel bad for something only keeps them stuck. And I am guilty of this sometimes, of assuming someone's intention or being upset that a behavior is repeated and not changed. When obviously, like I'm sure there's a lot of behaviors that someone wishes I would change, but I haven't. But that's neither here nor there, right? Regardless, shaking a finger doesn't inspire someone to change or to want to change. It's because we put them on the defense. We put them in an unsafe kind of energy. And it's truly in feeling safe that any of us will go for whatever change we need to go for, right? And so in in that second quote I shared, treating someone with compassion and forgiveness is more likely to elicit a healed response. And there's so much I want to break down here, right? Because compassion and forgiveness eliciting a healed response implies, to me at least, and again, I'm just interpreting this how I see it. The author might see it differently. Other people might interpret this differently, but this is just how I digested this, is that a healed response means that we're receiving and integrating and experiencing 
in a healthy, safe way. And we're able to move on from something and either grow from it or continue on and just go on our way. And we feel good. We feel aligned, like it's good. Right. And then a not healed response is usually when we're triggered, when we feel like something isn't tied up within and our body just held onto an experience and we didn't get to integrate or heal it or allow it to run its course. And it's just stuck in there. Right. So knowing that everyone we meet, including ourselves, has triggers, has things that are unhealed. They just want to be seen and heard. I want to be seen and heard. I want to be accepted and loved for who I am, even with imperfections, even with the things that are perceived not wrong. I don't want to say wrong or bad, but there are things that I want to improve upon, but I still want to be loved. I still want to be seen and heard and respected despite those things. And so does everyone else. So coming to someone with compassion and forgiveness allows them to feel open, to feel safe with you, to feel like they can explore and and go further than the the circle of what they know, right? And I love how she says too that most of us are aware on a some level, like some deeper than others. Like there are some people where I'm like the awareness would probably be much deeper and again that's me judging, right? So who cares, right? It doesn't matter what level of awareness we're all on, but all of us know to some extent when we're off because we would be doing differently if we knew how. And I think that's another part is like some people know that something needs to happen differently. They know that they're stuck. They know there's an obstacle. I have had many of those moments. And if only we knew how, and I feel so blessed that I've come across books, people, opportunities that showed me there was a possibility and something beyond that obstacle or a stuckness that I felt. I figured out how, but some people either don't get that opportunity or aren't open to it, or it just doesn't align for them to know how, right? They would be doing differently if they knew how. And so when we forgive and we have compassion and we try to make that our first default emotion, that creates a new context. That creates a new foundation, a new environment for someone to be open to change. And the hard part because of the ego and because how we've been conditioned, and if you're a millennial like me, you may have had parents that were all about the tough love, right? The lack of compassion, the you need to do this and and work hard and blah, 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 and like buck up and, and just suck it up and move forward. That is not really a context of forgiveness, right? I'm really oversimplifying. So please give me grace as I explain this. But treating someone with compassion and forgiveness, especially when the behavior that they are exhibiting triggers something in us becomes much harder to do. And this is something that I want to work on so badly. And I have been working on and failing miserably is how can I, even though I'm triggered, still treat this person with compassion and forgiveness and kind of separate the emotion, the reactiveness and show up with as much grace as I can for this person. When you can have someone feel safe with you, you'll probably feel more safe with that person and other people when you need the forgiveness and compassion. And I think it has to do with feeling comfortable with the vulnerability of it, feeling comfortable with doing it differently than you have before. You might feel the ego feels uncomfortable trying something different, or it could be pride. It could be a bunch of different things. But I think allowing ourselves to just test it and allow the discomfort to be there and practice compassion and forgiveness is going to be amazing. 
So going back to the email, the context we put people in matters more than anything we know. It's essentially putting soil, right? Putting the soil down for the seed to grow. What kind of soil are we allowing others to have? And are we watering them? Compassion and forgiveness is the water that's going to help them to grow and expand and change. So the context we put people in matters. And it says a lot about us too. Judgment and criticism comes from a wounded place. So when we judge and we criticize, that means there's a wound somewhere that we have not healed. Because forgiveness comes from a place of hope and healing. So if I'm not able to forgive and I'm not able to be compassionate and I feel judgment and I feel criticism, where's the wound? What's the wound? And how can I heal that so that I can allow others to heal? Can we rise above the ego's need to control and see the bigger picture? Because if we're here to walk each other home, then every interaction is an opportunity for healing. Like literally, if we break down the concept of relationships and interaction and go deeper than just what we see in the world of like work and hustle and grind and all these things, right? We truly, at the root of it, we're just here to walk each other home. Everything is just things that we've created to pass the time, right? Because really what matters is that we're healing and growing and learning our preferences and feeling good and aligning with who we truly are and what we really want. So if I'm talking to you, like you listening, if you and I met in real life and we were talking and interacting, that's an opportunity for healing. That's an opportunity. And hopefully our interaction would be one of like positivity and lifting each other up. And I'm telling you, go for it. You're great. You're you're wonderful. Or I'm listening to you and you're listening to me. And it's like, that is an opportunity for healing. So I challenge you today or whenever you're listening to this, whenever you're going to interact with people the next, think to yourself, if I see this moment as an interaction, an opportunity for healing, how would I behave right now? And that could even be getting your coffee. This person that's checking me out of you know, at the register, I'm going to pay for my coffee. How can this interaction with this person be an opportunity for healing, whether for my healing or their healing? And same with your family. And I think that's the hardest part, right? Is the people we're closest to. And I know Dr. Jody Carrington sings from the rooftops about this. Like she talks all the time about how the ones we are closest to are the hardest ones to see and be seen. So if that's hard for you right now, then practice with the barista, practice with the person at the grocery store, practice with a friend, just keep practicing and see what happens. So, and I'm going to take that challenge myself too. 